You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge. This is Abukta. This is Murps. Hello. Um, we're back. It's another Sunday. Uh, have I been playing? Of course I haven't. Okay. If, if you guys are wondering... Has Murps played? Is he going to bring insight? Look, the only insight I can bring is uh, watching streams, of which I do a lot these days. When you have a baby, you don't get much sleep. You watch a lot of things. Uh, but there is still a decent amount to talk about uh, because the meta, although it hasn't really changed much, it has solidified. We have more insights. And we could just complain all the time uh, that that's how some people build their, quote, content. Uh, but that's not what we do here. Okay, we've complained two weeks in a row. We've, we've the, complained. The a goal lot. of this podcast for this for this week is to not talk about the leaderboard. Besides mentioning it, yes, right. Not no no deep dives into Th- it. This is not setting it aside. This is not about the leaderboard. Let's talk yes. about the meta and really how you can try to gain an advantage in the meta. Because let's just take a look at the meta. First of all, if you go to Asia's replay right now, click on Arena. Mage is number one at slightly below 54%. I think if you just go by the numbers, most people will be like, wow, that's very reasonable. Now, if you ask somebody who plays, do you think Mage is, quote, reasonable right now? (laughs) I think they would say no. Uh, Mage is extraordinarily frustrating. Um, And if you just look at their top cards, you'll understand why. The the, uh, most common cards that you will see for a Mage, number one is Ruined Orb, which means anything and everything uh and by there's a word here it begins with a d and ends in it is cover yes so they are able to discover um their top cards are by far uh the cards that i i think most people would rank as the most toxic cards in arena so you have ruined orb you have drakefire amulet which which also has the d word discover uh frozen touch which is not discover but infinite (laughs) infinite frozen touches uh people get really annoyed by that Spell Coiler, uh, Discover a Spell, uh, Cold Case, which is just like a solid kind of card. Uh, you see it a lot, but meh. Ethereal Conjure, Discover. Grace Age Parrot, which we've called it Parrot Metas in previous metas. This is the most parity meta that we have ever seen. It is impossible for you to not get something amazing to pair up with parrot whether it is in and your remember, deck that's because or of discover. the d word like i know this card doesn't have the d word on it but what you're copying is more than half the time coming from the d word yep whether from your class card d word or from the neutral card d words which is the same d word in case you're confused it's just all over neutrals now too uh, and the spells the big spells of which you are guaranteed to get are amazing whether it is, you know, the quote bad choices like Blizzard, uh, to amazing cards like Arcane Defenders. Um, you mm. yeah. Uh, you also have uh, Deathborn, right? You also have Arcane Overflow. These are game-winning cards that by themselves are ridiculously amazing. And then you attach uh, a body on top of that, like a, a cheap body on top um it's way too good right so this is why you can look at something like mage at under 54 percent and be like yeah it's okay uh but i think uh if you ask people who play they're gonna be like yeah nerf mage get rid of mage whatever um but let's go to the very bottom 
the very bottom is very interesting because it really does show what kind of meta it is. So at the basement level, we have Warlock at 40.7% and the sub-basement level, so like, you know, there's a hidden trap door in the basement and you got to go below and this is where Demon Hunter is and they throw like fish head buckets to, to feed the Demon Hunter and they never see the light of day. 37.4%. This is among the lowest any class has ever been. Wait, 37.2? 37.4. Oh, uh, you haven't hit the refresh button. It's 37.2. Now. Oh my god, it actually went down <laughs> in the half hour. <laughs> I had... Okay, guys, wait, wait. I'm, oh, no. Oh, wait, no. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I, I pulled this up. So right now, it is 7.16 p.m., Okay. I pulled this up at 6.45 p.m. in preparation for this. In the half hour, some unfortunate souls went like 0-3. Multiple ones, okay? This sample size is so large. Demon Hunter went down by 0.2% in the half hour. Who knows where the real bottom is? That is incredible. I, it, it it didn't just reset like I, I this is insane how it actually went down point two um <laughs> but yes this is where demon hunter is okay what does that really mean warlocks and demon hunters being this far away at the bottom and we can talk about number nine jashaman at 45.1 percent and then it's like kind of a smooth curve upwards right 45 percent for shaman up to 54 not even 54 percent for mage um if we only had nine classes, I think we would say it's like, by the numbers, this would be kind of a decent meta, right? Less than 10% difference. Eh, okay. Um, but Warlock being at 40.6 and Demon Hunter being at 37.2 is very troubling, mostly because if you just look at hero powers, these should be two of the best hero powers in the game, right? Um, Warlocks, the, the, the crappier you make cards the better the Warlock hero power is, uh, the more, sort of the crappier you make cards as well, and, you know, the more it is just Yetis bumping into Yetis, and then you can finish off their Yeti with a one-cost hero power from the Demon Hunter. Wow, that's fantastic. So it really does goes to go to show why people are frustrated. When the Warlock hero power is this crappy, and when the Demon Hunter hero power is this crappy, um, a lot of the explanation comes from wow, the cards must be really good. And they are. Like, there's a lot of very, very good cards that, <laughs> hey, this advantage you get from Demon Hunter's uh, great tempo here power, it, it doesn't matter as much. Uh, the card advantage, quote-unquote, that you get for Warlock hero power, what card advantage? <laughs> Mages always have a full hand. They can always discover. Mm -hmm. they're, they're never running out of options. So, yeah, it's like, wait, you have to pay mana and pay life to draw cards i'm a mage i get to choose and and then draw these cards um i don't have to pay anything right and then i get to repeat them with parrot uh so yeah. i mean usually yeah. you're, you're paying effectively a mana per time you discover a card you are paying a yeah. mana. it's not a mana it's not two mana and two hell but you are paying a mana and stuff that you don't sometimes like. other times you have stuff like scorpid which you're paying nothing right okay but but everyone has scorpid yeah, but... Yeah, okay, and yeah, um, Scorpid's a weird case, all right? Scorpid's like a 
that's a card that I don't know. There are still people like I'll see them right now in chat that are going to defend Scorpion's existence in the arena and not a nerfed offering rate. And I just don't understand these people. They can come and say all these kinds of arguments, but at the end of the day, like the 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 feeling is what's coming. Like this is what you like. I can't argue with that. I, I don't care about the logic of it to to that degree because I'm very convinced that I'm right on this and I've thought about this for a long time. But like, I don't understand how you can feel good about this. Like, I don't understand how you can sit in a game, see so many Scorpids, and be like, this is more fun than if I saw, like, a lot less Scorpids. Like, comparing the two. Like, I, that blows my mind. But, uh, you know, that's uh, subjective uh, as to what is what is more fun. Um, okay. Uh, the hero power thing that is, is hugely important, uh, not just because it's putting warlock and demon hunters on the bottom but when it comes to your your gameplay we're gonna we're gonna cover this in the next topic about how hero powers are used you're gonna see in this in the standard meta it's very different than prior than like a wild meta right where your hero power actually does stuff your hero power doesn't do stuff anymore like generally so it's not even just that oh the warlock's hero power doesn't do stuff because everyone can get draw control cards Th that's true it makes war warlock hero power even worse but the mage hero power also doesn't do anything you just don't need to use it anymore. Um, like all the hero powers have gotten significantly reduced. But um, going back up to the mage, not specifically the mage, I think we covered their Discover Fiesta very well. And if you play and you get to very high win rates, you will see a disproportionate amount of mage decks there. I think you actually probably see more mage decks in that mid zone than in the very end. Like there are more mage decks hanging out in like the six to nine win area than the 10 to 12 win area because there's so much rng involved in all these discovers that once you get to like that mid zone you start seeing half maybe more than half of your matchups be mages and then once you get over that you start seeing some of these other classes pop up with like true ridiculous decks because uh, a lot of mages can get really high win rates um, without true ridiculous decks just by lucking out right like when you have things that are so all over the place you're going to have some decks up some decks down um, but if you look at hunter druid and paladin the next three classes that are up there they're actually quite stable on the class card side they get more discovers from the neutral package than from their class cards um that's not to say they don't have class cards that are discovered in fact the paladin's number one card is whatever that discover card is uh, Muckborn Servant that discovers a, a Paladin card, uh, their number one scene card. Uh, so it's, it's not that they're not there. You just see more Scorpids, more Viziers, more Pandas than you see those even within Paladin. Um, so those, and especially the Druid, are more stable opponents to face. You, you have more of an expectation of what can go on, and you have an easier time of consistently defeating them. So I think in your mind when you're facing these opponents, you really have to categorize them into like basically mage. And I'm going to look through this real quick. Um, but I think Priest is is there for all sorts of reasons. Because even, if, even their non-discover cards have a lot of randomness to it. Uh, in terms of randomly putting different kinds of cards in your hand, right? Um, and Identity Theft is their number one most seen card. So they, they, they follow the same playbook as Mage, just kind of crappier. Uh, rogues get, the, get, get a similar treatment. Um, but but your, your top three classes after Mage are kind of 
are more stable classes. So in your mind, when you're facing these two different types of opponents, don't confuse them too much because a mage will discover more than double the amount of spells that a paladin would. Um, like well more than double, maybe even more than quadruple. And paladins discover plenty of spells in this meta, but the way you approach that is going to be is going to be different. So that's something to know about uh, going to the meta to keep in the back of your mind when you're dealing with uh, with your opponents and uh, and and what to do with it. Um, now I want to bring this on the ground rather than what like what classes are good or not. I want to bring it on the ground to what decisions you're making inside of a game that will actually matter. What we've been saying so far in the broadest strokes is a lot of things about drafting because drafting is legitimately different now in this meta quite significantly than in prior metas. Um, but beyond drafting in the game, it's like the tempo matter matters a little less um you want to try to hold for combos if possible for all the banathers cards and all the infused cards try to get the value from that because the games are not won on turn four or five usually hunters aside um they're actually won significantly later and you're going to need these kinds of swing and counter swings and so if your opponent swings and you don't have a counter swing prepped you're kind of in trouble um so that's that's kind of the broad strokes and obviously you have to adjust for that for what your opponents are doing right like if your opponent is a hunter or a druid um or, or a paladin like then you have to get on the board to not die in the beginning and you're gonna have to play a little bit tempo the game is still not won on tempo but the game is lost on tempo for you because you're facing an opponent that has the potential to overrun you now if they don't get a good start they're not going to overrun you and you're fine like don't Overcommit on tempo just because it's a hunter hunters right now are kind of this 50 50 like in many metas hunters are a very interesting class in this meta hunters probably the most interesting class because they straddle that line between being able to go fairly aggressive and being able to generate a fairly large amount of cards very well and you can draft all sorts of different types of hunters with all sorts of different types of synergies all in there so hunters are a, a real grab bag right now Whereas druids and paladins are much more straightforward in terms of what they're capable of. So if you if you see what they're doing, you you, you know what they're going to do. You, you kind of have this roadmap of like, prevent death here, prevent death here, prevent death here. Oh, I have three reads on them of which cards they may or may not have. All right, now I know how to win the game. Or I don't have what it takes to win the game. Um, so, uh, but... but, but uh, anyway, back to back to your your decision making. That's just kind of the broad strokes of your big picture decision making. On the actual ground, the one decision that comes up again and again and again and again in the first, we'll say four turns. And if you're doing well in this meta, you're probably already doing this. You don't need me to tell you this. But for people who are still struggling in this meta, this this difference is in how to anti-tempo so rather than like it's never worth it right now to go full tempo in the beginning because you're not going to win the game like that like you're, you're you're doing max tempo if your opponent is doing max tempo and they're one of the classes that can kill you but other than doing it defensively at any opportunity you have to hold to gain any kind of value or potential value you have to do it because the board is not that important. A couple of extra damage on your opponent is not that
that important. Uh, and the the chance that you'll have the like the, the initiative that you get that you can choose whether to hit your opponent's minion or go face is even less important in this meta. Like the whole go face or trade like decision making has never been less important. Like to whatever extent we keep saying, oh, tempo's not as important. Tempo's still not like unimportant. The face damage is still not unimportant. You still get some wins like that. But the decision of whether to go face or trade in the early to mid game has almost no bearing on whether you win the game or not outside of maybe Hunter. And that is a, a, a very new thing that I don't think we've seen in a prior meta. Or if we have, it was a while ago and I'm not like remembering the meta. But because that is the case, you don't need tempo. And to the extent that you need any kind of tempo, it's just like a little bit of tempo is good. To like work with whatever cards in your hand that you have to like deal the appropriate damage if you really need to remove something. So if you have a lot of removal in your hand, you really don't care about tempo at all. If you have like janky removal or like not a lot of removal in your hand, then yeah, having a little bit of tempo is useful. But there's no need to ever do more than like match your opponent. Anything else after that, you should be thinking about can this card get more value? So, on the ground example, let's say you have a croc. Not in the game, I know. But let's say you have a 2-mana two 2-3 two, that does nothing. And it is like, I don't know, turn 3. And you can either hero power down a 2-1 uh, with your mage hero power, let's say. Or you could play a croc, right? You could play a croc. You could hero power. It doesn't matter. You don't care. Because the croc is not going to get more value later. On the other hand, if you are instead holding one of the, let's say, infused minions or one of the mana thirst minions that are pretty much guaranteed to get value later on. Or if you're holding a card that you know you have one or two or even three synergies in your deck that'll get you like more than two tempo or one cards worth of, uh, worth of uh, power later on if you do hit it, then yeah, you would be crazy. You would be crazy to play a card over just like using a hero power even though the hero power is bad or like playing some other card that's maybe a little bit less in, uh, less efficient or a little bit less tempo what you want to always do is to maximize your ability to do stuff later unless you're dying right now and you can tell when you're dying right now if you're you know if your opponent's a druid and like coins out two one drops tempo do everything you can to tempo you're gonna die um but if you're not at the stage where you're like, oh, I'm about to get overrun, then especially if your opponent is also doing the thing, and mages always, almost always do this thing where they're just trying to remove your stuff and they're not putting a lot of stuff on the board at all, you have to do the same thing. Because by you putting a lot more stuff on the board, that extra one tempo, two tempo, or whatever, is going to be meaningless. The mage is going to remove it anyway and then move on with their life. They're probably not even going to have to use extra cards. They're probably hanging mana anyway. Like, you're getting nothing out of it. So, if what you're potentially losing is a, is a croc that's off-curve now, and will be off-curve later, it's really not a big deal. But if you're potentially losing, like, you know, say, like, a, a Silver Moon, one of the Silver Moon uh, neutral cards, um, uh, like a Sentinel or something, you, you, don't, you don't commit that. That is, not, that is not as useful right now. 
or if you have a card that could potentially synergize with something later. Like, I've held whatever that 2-3, like, plus 1 uh, spell damage card is in Mage. Like, I've held that like it's a very valuable card, even though it just deals 1 extra damage to whatever I put out. Because anytime I have a board clear or, you know, a multi-hit one, that one gets super extra value. I've held it without having anything to synergize it with in my hand yet. Because I'm a mage, and I know I could generate stuff, and also I know I have cards in my deck. Plenty of them that I could draw to make stuff out of. Like, that is not a crock. And those things make a lot more of a difference in this meta um, than, than any incremental benefits you get on the board. So, that's the incremental advantage in a swing meta. Um... I, I wanted to put this out there rather than just the the big broad strokes because a lot of the times the big broad strokes only work if you already get it. If you already know what's going on. And if you actually need help in this meta, you don't have the big broad strokes or maybe you know the words, but figuring out what that means is like a couple of steps, uh, you know, uh, uh, not, not where you're at yet. But this is like some on-the-ground advice of how to get the incremental advantage. And you may look at this and say like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's just two damage here or two damage there. Every turn, you're getting two damage. Every card you don't play is two more damage later on. So if you start doing this on, let's say, turn three or turn two, then by turn eight, you've stacked up one extra huge swing. Easily. And if you had one extra big swing versus not having one extra big swing, this is a game where it's like three swings my way, three swings my opponent's way. Let's see where the chips fall, right? Now, what if you have four swings? Big game changer there, right? Yep. I think that's a good way to put it. Because, like, you, you don't want to get caught into this thinking where nothing matters, right? Um, because if nothing matters, then we wouldn't have uh, all these great meter board placements. Uh, mm -hmm. But we do. So, uh, one interesting thing um, that I saw in the chat uh, was like, oh, is this the first true control meta? Um, this isn't a control meta at all. It's a, it's a combo meta. Like, and you're just sort of trying to <laughs> uh, kind of survive the combo and like do your own combos as well. Um, and there are certain skills in that. Like, if you see constructed sort of combo v combo decks... Um, there's a lot of, you know, normal play and there's a lot of just like preparing for what could happen. In Arena, it's tougher because the swings are not as predictable, uh, but they will happen. If you never expect a swing, then you are not playing the meta correct, right? Like swings will happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are certain ways to push and to kind of um, temper expectations. It's part of the reason why Hunter is so good right now. Um, because they are able to uh, really kind of put some pressure on. Now, they also have good cards, right? They have good cards. Um, Bloodseeker, for example, is just one of the best cards in the game, period. Uh, but the pressure that a card like Bloodseeker can put onto your opponents, like, that is what's really important as well. Um, so it's not really a big surprise to see Hunters doing well. It's like, yes, they have the good cards, but hunters also are in a unique situation where um, in a game that has prioritized more and more um, kind of being able to put pressure on your opponents because the games can last uh, such a long time. Um, you know, hunters, that hero power, that ability to just kill uh, your opponent is really valuable now. 
Hunters have just about the only useful hero power left in the game. Crazy, right? Hmm. Like, people think it's control meta because it's so easy to deal little bits of damage and large bits of damage. And so that makes uh, stuff like the mage hero power or, you know, all the other pings a lot less useful. The paladin hero power does nothing outside of combos. Like, what's a 1-1 doing in the swing meta, right? Like, when's a 1-1 going to swing the game? Um, uh, the shaman one is a little bit more interesting. Like, right now, the shaman uh, hero power is probably the second best hero power. Uh, it's still too RNG to be consistently useful, but it's at least trying to do something. Uh, the other hero powers just all don't do enough for a standard meta. So you just you just have hunter. That's it. And hunters have a like a problematically good hero power in its design. Like if you remember in classic, like they had to do so much, like more than any other class, they had to just keep flipping hunter around because no matter what they did, if they just gave hunter normal tempo cards not even over tempo cards just normal tempo cards hunters are, are just gonna like you know win yep um and that's because two damage to the face is too much when they doubled everyone's hero power in these cards i forget what these cards are called but these legendary cards um like uh like the six three uh that upgraded everyone's hero power the hunter upgraded hero power deals three damage not four everyone else is doubled like I think the shaman one you get to pick, right? So it didn't quite double, um, but everyone else is doubled. And for the hunter, they're just like, ah, we can't do it. We can't do it. G game too too broken if we did it. It's because the hunter never should have two damage to the face as a hero power in any case, in uh, in constructed at least. And in the arena, as you know, this the meta is often described as a more constructed meta than what we're used to in the arena. It gives the hunter hero power more relevance. Um, now, that's not to say the hunter's hero power is super good in this meta. It's not. It's just super good relative to the other hero powers that are almost completely irrelevant. Yep. So, yeah. This is, uh, like, if you just look at what classes are doing well, look beyond the, oh, it's all discover, it's all card quality thing. There's a reason why demon hunters suck, um... You know, warlocks suck, but hunters are among the one of the best classes. And going back to your comment, in that mid-meaty kind of 7-8 win bracket, you're going to see a lot of mages. You're going to see a lot of hunters if you go up to like 12. Like, But those are the hunters which, because they have good cards, but in addition to that, they also just know how to play, right? Like, man, they're going to pressure you and maybe your deck is a little bit better than them. Um in order to get that far but man that hunter versus mage matchup in which you're um be like oh you know like i i got my parrots ready i'm just gonna discover something with rune orb oh wait i'm dead like i'm just i'm just dead right like that's why cold case is so good like, you were like oh and there's also cold case i'm like oh, i think cold case has earned it no it's it true it's true it. <laughs> right um no it's it's those yeah, it, well, it's also why something like Arcane Defenders is so freaking good. Oh my god. Um, Terrible design. What are you doing, Blizzard? What are you doing, Mage? I mean, you know, Amulet as well, but at least Amulet is 10 mana. You could be like Millhouse out, right? Like, oh, wait till I get to 10 mana. This is just, why are you having Mage summon, like, extra tempo stuff? Yep. That also has Taunt of all things. Yep. That's not a Mage thing. I mean, okay, I guess Mirror Image or whatever, like, had Taunt from the very beginning. But it was just kind of that one-off card. Mages don't really Taunt. Yeah. Anyway, that, that card annoys me more than anything else that Mages can do. I think it goes, like, Deathborn, 
and then the the elemental uh, summoning. Because every time I see it, I'm just like, what are you doing, mage? This is a, a pretty common thing. It's like whenever people get too comfortable in a meta, hunter. <laughs> um, whenever anybody tells you like, oh, like, you know, the meta has been figured out. This class is so oppressive. That class is so oppressive. Um, they ha Their value is so much. Here is what human nature tends to do. Your Timmies are going to want to out-parrot the other person, mm -hmm. right? And when that mm -hmm. happens, man, it's time to slide underneath all of them. And because it's more fun to out-parrot someone, right? I mean, not wrong. to me, of so course. So wrong. Uh, but to <laughs> a lot of people, it is more fun to out-parrot them. Um, but if you guys are true arena fans, you know the most fun is perfectly calculating that lethal, knowing that on turn four, you going face instead of clearing this like somewhat dangerous minion. Oh, that was the right choice. And man, you get rewarded for it. Oh, oh yeah. By the way, guys, go face more often. You're not going to get a chance to do it a lot. Um, but going face versus killing something on the board, unless the thing on the board has like an ability or something. Um, going face is just going to be better more often than not in this meta. Yeah. Like, unless you're worried about them going to your face. Like, before, you're worried about getting good trades to get extra 2-1s and 3-1s and whatever on, onto the board, effectively, right? Compared to where if your opponent makes more efficient trades. You're not as worried about your opponent going to your face. Here's the exact opposite now. You're worried about your opponent hitting your face. And you have to be ready to win that race if it happens. And if you're, like, very insecure about winning that race, then, yeah, you may, you may trade. Um, but otherwise, just, you're just going face. Because you and your opponent have that same thought. Like, what's another 2-1 on the board from good trades on the board? What's another 3-1? They don't really matter that much. They're all going to get swept away in whatever big swing is happening. Yep. Alrighty. So, um, yeah. I think that's that's pretty good. If So, mm -hmm. look. If you guys want to play Mage and do the thing, that's fine. I'm going to tell you guys right now. There's a reason Mage is not even 55 it's because you you look at mages and you just remember the good mage decks and mm -hmm. of course uh, wait, I, I i don't have to remind all of you guys of course i know that when you guys draft mage the decks all suck but i just have to say once again some mage decks are just not that great they're just not that great uh and most mage decks are not that great and then other mage decks that are great like most of the time you're gonna get a lot of bad bad beats you get a lot of bad beats from your own rng because you're putting your 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 deck in the hands of RNG, so even the good decks are going to, you know, they're gonna they're gonna run into issues now and then. Like, what if all those rune orbs and all those scorpions and all those whatever, all your discover stuff? What if they just keep giving you trash? Yeah. And then you die, and then you're like, oh no, what happened to my you know amulets and my uh, um, uh, rune? You know the big runes, art rune, the arc mages. And like whatever that I'm trying to discover, and the flame strikes, like where were those? And the answer is, well, sometimes they don't come. They'll come most of the time because you're discovering them so often. Like if you keep rolling a dice, it'll hit six eventually. But sometimes it just doesn't. Sometimes you roll the dice like I don't know, twelve times, and a six doesn't pop up. You're gonna hit take a loss for that. That's why the mages aren't there at twelve wins as often as they would be if you were just looking at them at seven eight wins. Yep. 
Alright, so... Play Mage if you want. Play Hunter. Um, and, and use all of the philosophies that you should have picked up in previous metas when metas sort of, quote, like, got out of hand. Um, so use, use that. Um, and then whenever you are faced with a decision, just go face. Now, now don't, don't just like go face and be like, oh man, I lost. I guess there was nothing to learn. Um, try to see what happened. And then of course, ask yourself the right questions. Like I got punished for it. Was it really punished? Could I really have expected this? Yeah. Right. Could yeah. I really have expected uh, a weird three-card combo to punish me from leaving up this 2-2 on the board. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, like, just, dude, go face. Even if they mm -hmm. get, like, a decent trade on you, uh, these days, you should go face unless they, you know, unless there's, like, a 4-1 on their side and you have, like, a 6-4 on your side. It's like, dude, yes, please try to get rid of the 4-1. Protect it. <laughs> right? Please try to get rid of the 4-1. Uh, on on their side because that's really dumb like don't be like well like i heard murpsy he just wants to go face so as a mage i'm gonna turn this thing into a jellyfish but leave it up as a 4-1 like no please ping and and get rid of it afterwards but yeah these are uh these are the applicable skills that you should be should be using because if you just keep trying to out mage and out priest and out whatever your opponent you're, you're just gonna get beat too often um they're going to draw their uh, amulet at a very opportune time. Um, they're going to, I don't know, like Leviathan you. Um, just do something really, really dumb to you. So don't let that happen. And you never know. Like this chip damage that you think is chip damage actually put will put you in a position to kind of win. It's like the hunter hero power thing. Damage mm -hmm. doesn't matter until it matters. But it's hard for mm -hmm. you to picture when it matters. It's like... It's almost like saving up money, right? Uh, you you can think of it like, well, what does saving up like $10, $20 on this paycheck mean, right? It doesn't mean anything. It, it, it won't add up. Uh, but it really does. So just like how saving uh, here and there will add up long term, you getting that damage in, in the early game when you're just like, eh, it doesn't matter. What's the difference between like 23 health versus 25 health? It will matter. It could. It could matter, and you yeah. want to make that matter. I, I, I like your example of the ten to twenty dollars because that's exactly what this chip damage is. Like, if you keep saving ten to twenty dollars every paycheck, by the end of the year, you will have what fifty times ten. That's five hundred dollars. Uh, sorry, uh, twenty-five uh, times ten, two hundred fifty dollars to fifty to five hundred dollars. That matters. You can buy like good stuff for two hundred fifty to five hundred dollars, but is it really going to be life changing? No, no, it won't be. So when you're evaluating what the effect of going face is, remember that the vast majority of the games is not decided by this. This is just one small part, right? That's why we talk about a lot of other things before we got to this, like, oh, by the way, just go face more often than before. Like, this is more important than tempo these days in, in the early and mid game, but it's not, it's not hugely important. But hey, who wouldn't want an extra 250, 500 bucks at the end of the year? Right? Like, and, and who getting that would be like, oh, whatever. No, we'd all be super freaking happy if, like, an extra 250, 500 bucks came to us at the end of the year, right? 
Like, this is not a, it's not like a whatever amount. But it's also not like, well, you know, I couldn't afford to, to pay my rent and I lived in a crappy studio apartment and now I own a mansion. Like, that's, that's not what, what's happening here. But, um, but you, you, you do appreciate it and it will win you a game here or there. Um, and even if it doesn't win you a game, it's just the right thing to do. Right? If you're just looking to improve your game generally and like be like, oh, what's the right move here? Even the moves that don't matter as much, like just make the right play or like think about it a little, right? Um, and in the early to mid game, there's not that much to think about. Uh, this is a game that gets really, really freaking complicated in this meta, but it doesn't start getting that complicated until like the late mid game or maybe the mid mid game. But the early mid game and the early game is still well within the rope that they give you. Like, I even don't have problems there. So you're not like wasting thinking time with it um, by like focusing a bit on, uh, on, on the what happens if I go face thought. All right. I think that's it. I think that's uh, it's a good sort of like analysis and a little bit of a, of a tip. Um, uh, we always right. want question to... from the go oh yeah all right fine that's oh, right go ahead go. go ahead yeah. finish your thought and then we're gonna do a question from the go no it's just like you never want to get caught in a this meta sucks and there's literally nothing you can do about it because that's never true right it, it's literally never true so don't get caught up in that guys yeah um question from the go we're gonna have a three-part question from the go it's gonna be quick first life update because we haven't told you for a while on the podcast is at least if you watch us one? on the stream it's a three-part one the three-part question from the go that i did not make up at all um because we haven't given a life update on the actual podcast even though if you watch this live on twitch we talk about stuff before after sometimes a long time after um uh but uh so that's part one part two uh this one that is not from me but people are curious about our diablo 4 plans yeah uh, diablo 4 is is getting close and um part three will be very simple and it will be a one word answer and you can think about it or if you don't have already answer will everything everywhere all at once win the oscars i will give you guys the betting odds as of right now it is a 20 to 1 favorite <laughs> meaning if you want to bet against it you will have you don't have like as good odds but you have almost a 20 to 1 payout wait all right wait it's a oh wait wait, wait. so if you bet a dollar how much do you get well, 20, but you, you you can't make that bet. You can only bet the field. Yeah, right? yeah, So you yeah. get less because they, they take a bit of each of the field. But you'll get like, I don't know, 18 or 17 or something. Wait, so what are... I don't keep up with Oscars. Like, what are the other candidates? Who? Uh, the the Banshees. Um, uh, I think All is Quiet on the Western Front. Tar. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a few movies. Uh, I'm gonna watch Banshees. I was gonna watch Banshees this week. I don't know any of these films. I'm gonna watch it. I, I have not. Banshees looks really good. I'm really excited about Banshees. I just haven't gotten around to watch it because I was watching Severance, which I just finished today. Oh, you recommended it. and it was it was very good, but they like they did more with it than I think that I expected them to. But they didn't connect it all as well as I thought they could have on a thought level. Like they could, the feeling was good. But, like, there was, especially that middle part, like, there was a little bit of a jarring part before they moved to their three-episode finale, right? Yeah. That's how I felt, anyway. <clears throat> I think so. Um, I, I think the thing with Severance, uh, and I don't want to make this question from the go all about Severance, um, <laughs> you really do have to appreciate sort of, like, scene setting, right? 
mm-hmm. kind of like the lore of things as well. Um, if you only care about like story um, or sort of like oh the philosophical content of like what this all means. It, 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 you won't be completely satisfied. You really do have to appreciate it. It's like, oh my god. Well, because most of the movie is scene setting. Like, yes. most of the movie is like the music. The well, camera, not movie, angles, you mean series. You mean series. Huh? You mean series. Yeah, yeah series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, the camera angle, the actor's mm-hmm. face as it reacts to nothing or its own thought that is not being narrated. Like, it's, it's very good at, mood, at setting the it's, v- it's very good. In terms of. Because um, this is what good movies and films do. They make the setting into a character, right? Like, the setting itself is a character. And Severance does that about as good as you will ever see. Um, so th- that that's what you should super appreciate a- about it. Uh, okay, first of all, let's talk about D4. Um, mm. We will be playing it, yes. Now, here... <laughs> D4 is truly out June 1st, by the way. That's when they stop uh, wiping away your progress. I am really nervous about Diablo 4. Like, I do not like sort You've of... You've been messaging this for, like, months. I'm surprised that you're so, like, skittish about it. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I am very, very nervous about D4. Like, what are you nervous about? That people won't like it or that it will actually be bad or that it will be, like, on par or worse than Diablo Immortal? Like, what, what is no, your No, no, no. Okay, so first of all, I can't even compare it to Diablo Immortal because I can play Diablo Immortal on my phone. Like, pe- yeah, people I'm are like, about, oh, yeah, duh. I'm talking about the game quality. Or, oh, you're just saying it's definitely going to be better than Diablo Immortal, but it may not matter because the expectations are going to be higher for a true PC game rather than... Yes, Immortal. because my expectations are also different. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, my expectations are very, very different for Diablo 4. Um... What I saw from from the like super like watermarked beta from before, I did not enjoy. I did not like. I didn't uh, sir because I did the end game beta, and I was like, this end game kind of scares me. Um, it just seems like a mix of Diablo Immortal and Destiny. Uh, two games that is that, is that bad. Yeah, because it's not what I envision for actual, um, like, that. that's not what I want from a PC Diablo endgame. You know what I mean? Okay, so what do you mean by the mix between the two? What What is an area that you would want on the PC that you, don't th- that you are fearful that they might not deliver on? Um, I think, first of all, uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of, like, play on our time, not yours. Right. Um, right. Which, it, to me, is a core of, like... Like, it, that's something that I don't want my Diablo to be, right? I want it to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I can do these runs wherever. Um, it's a lot of directed uh, kind of endgame, as in you're going to do this dungeon, right? Like, this dungeon is where mm-hmm. where it's going to be. Whereas Diablo 2, and I understand, you know, you can min-max, and at the end of the day, you can say, oh, what does it matter? You're doing Chaos Sync anyways, right? You're doing Bale runs anyways. Um, but it was less directed, and I, I liked that. Um, mm-hmm. And... In Diablo 2 Resurrected, they actually even made it more open. They're like, oh, we want you to play the entire game, and we're going to do these chaos yeah. places, right? So ev- yeah, every yeah. place is a zone, and we're going to alternate. You don't think they're going to bring chaos places in some concept or way into Diablo 4? I have no idea. I thought that was a given. I, I, I don't, like, maybe not, maybe not at launch. I, I don't but. know, but it got too much to be this thing where it's like, okay, go to an instance dungeon. You have these quests. Mm-hmm. Um, do these quests. You know, oh, also, I'm going to ping you as to, 
like I'm gonna give you an alert that this monster is out in the world right now. Gather a team and do. It, it just really didn't feel like what I liked most about Diablo 2. And of course, this is boomer me talking, right? Like, yeah, yeah, this is not Diablo 2 anymore. But these are things that I really liked about Diablo. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. really like Diablo that I'm afraid will be wiped away for, uh, let's be honest, not not really bad features, just newer features of games. Newer games are all like mm-hmm. this. Um, so this isn't me being like, oh, how could they possibly do this? Of course they could do this. Like, See, the, these I are just don't hear that much about this. Like, I'm not saying I like it or I don't like it. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's more like that's not why I'm playing Diablo 4. And I don't think it being in the game or out of the game, or, well, it's a slider, right? Yeah. Like, I don't care where that slider is. I think it's just going to have like a 5 to 15% impact on my game at, at, at most, from the most extreme one way to the most extreme uh, the other way. Like, I think it's more, like, I care about how it feels to like hit a monster, right? I care about, you know, whether there are some strategies, like big picture strategies, meta strategies, on the ground strategies, and just action timing, you know, whatever reaction, whatever you want to call it, to the monsters. Like, I care about that, which obviously for D2 was, was very limited, and for D3 was a bit a, a bit more so. And I imagine for D4, it's going to take it to a higher level as ARPGs have evolved to be at a higher level than, than what Diablo 3 was. Um, so that's what I care the most about. Um, and I think that D4 is... I hope D4 is going to deliver on that. Um, Diablo Immortal even did quite a good job on it. Like, the Diablo Immortal feel is pretty damn nice. Like, there's not a ton of strategy to it, but there's not no strategy. There's not no on-the-ground reaction or positioning or any of that. They just made the content a bit easy because there's no, like... Like, you can't do, like, hardcore mode. You can't do... Like, the normal Diablo sliders that make things harder are not as available to you outside of PvP um, for Diablo Immortal. But the feel of the game is still good. And that's enough for me to keep playing uh, a Diablo game. Like, give me a good feel, and then give me some kind of persistently progressive thing to get. Whether it is more stats, better items, just something else. And then I'm good. Right, Diablo three fell apart because there was nothing to get because the auction house was everything, and so you would just play the auction house. That's the only part that like it like majorly fell apart for me. Um, well, there was so. nothing to get, and items didn't matter because the content was so hard. Yeah. You you yeah. getting a godly item didn't even move the needle for you. I re- I remember mm-hmm. I got like. Uh, so I was playing Monk at the beginning, which was a terrible idea. Monk was like shit tier um, when D three first launched, and I remember because oh, playing Monk, I was playing Barbarian. Okay, that was like the one class that was worse than the Monk. Yeah, it was just bad. I had to well, switch to you, Demon you couldn't you couldn't play melee, right? You like couldn't play yeah. melee. That 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 was like the main thing. You just couldn't play melee. But I remember I got this weapon that would have that was like just complete god tier. Um, and you know, I traded for it. Like you know, we it, it did tons of good trades. Obviously, didn't play the game. Just like traded items and everything. I got it, and then I put it on my character, and then I used it. I was like, I still can't kill shit. <laughs> I still mm-hmm. couldn't kill shit. Like it, it wasn't like, oh man, you know, I'm only shaving a few seconds off my kill. I went from. I can't kill these monsters to I still can't kill these monsters, yeah. which was the worst feeling in a game 
ever. And that was like a god tier weapon. I was like, wow, they made a shit game here. Like that is the mm. ultimate fail as a dev when, like, it's because they didn't think about it. Like itemization for Endgame oh, was like so poorly thought out. It was so like, bad. They were just like, hey, we're gonna make a great game, get you to the end game, and then here's an end game, right? People will make whatever they did for it because that's what they did for D two. Like they didn't do shit for D two, and people put up with all sorts of terribleness, and they eventually made it better and better and better and better. And they're like, we can do that for D three too, and like, no. You, you One, you can't because expectations have changed, uh, even when D3 was launched like 10 years ago. Uh, but also, uh, you have the real money auction house now. You really can't just put your hands off and be like, oh, it is what it is. Like, you're making money from this incrementally now. You gotta, you gotta put some, you know, content out. Yes. Um, so I think D4 is definitely gonna solve for, for that problem, uh, at least. Which was my main gripe with D3. And so, I don't know, I think I have less concerns about the thing like everything you said that you were like oh i'm fearful this may happen i think it could totally happen um i'm just i I don't know if it's you being a boomer and everyone else is more most people are cool with it or not but what who's the audience for diablo 5 right that's something else diablo 5 the audience is my grandkids that's the audience for diablo 5 okay (laughs) my grandkids Uh, (laughs) diablo 4 who's the audience like obviously we're part of the audience but are we the main audience or are the people who have been playing like overwatch the main audience right like are they trying to get these new gamers who have not played a diablo game before or who have like played it for like very casually for for like you know oh, D two R is here let's try it let's give D three a shot but like they're not hardcore about it uh, like what about people who have never tried a Blizzard franchise before like who's the target audience of this game or especially the end game and I think that's gonna be a big big kind of issue like one thing that I saw with Diablo Immortal is that everybody wants something different out of Diablo much more so than any other games like you want to talk about everyone wants something different out of Hearthstone. The, the different types of players in Hearthstone, the Timmies and the, you know, Spikes and whatever, are way closer together than the different types of Diablo player. The different types of Overwatch players are almost the same player when compared to Hearthstone, and definitely the same exact person when compared to Diablo. Like, in Diablo, the thing people care about is 12 different things, and each of those people don't care about six of the other 11 things at all. That's a Diablo game. Like, you will have people on the forum who will be like, this is what can be approved about Diablo, uh, like, Immortal. And it's, like, all PvP stuff. As if the rest of the game was totally fine, which it's not. And then you have other people who are like, this is what, you know, would be improved by Diablo Immortal. And it's all quality of life stuff. Zero mention of PvP or even anything with, like, PvE, really. And I'm like, oh, so you don't really care about the game at all. You just want it to be easier and less frustrating for you to engage with it. And these are, like, many, many multi-layer points. And these people, there's 12 types of people in Diablo Immortal. There's probably fewer for Diablo 4 because it's not also a mobile game on top of everything else. Uh, and it probably has actual more optimized uh, optionality of, you know, creating your own experience. What are the 12 uh, so, types of people in Diablo oh Immortal? My God. Just, just, Google, just Google, like, suggestions for Diablo Immortal and then find the different things and then find the people who, like, agree and disagree with it. I've been following the Diablo Immortal subreddit for, like, way too long. It is just, like, Diablo Immortal has the most terrible players. Like, the most terrible, terrible players. And then on top of it, they don't communicate with each other. They don't like each other. Um, I mean, the game is also kind of set up so that you're not supposed to like the people around you. Uh, 
But like beyond all of that, there's just there's just a much lower level of both community, which is weird because it's an MMO, but it's a mobile game, so maybe the community is more looser to begin with. And like, I don't know, j- 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 ability to like like reading comprehension, yes, like or like ability and like caring about the game even. Like, I think that's very low for Diablo Immortal. Um, they care about the game, like, emotionally, but not about anything in the game in any kind of logically consistent way. It's not like, I have this goal or vision for the game. I want to get here. If we get here, I will be happier. Like, that thought process is not, like, a full, complete thought process for, like, what seems to be, I don't know, 75 to 80% of the, the, the voters on that subreddit. Um, so, anyway... I feel like Diablo 4 is going to have that same problem. So what kind of audience that they really try to cater the endgame experience to will affect a lot of, you know, whether how much we like the game and how much we enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Look, th- this is something that um, we have known for, for quite a while. And uh, if this triggers some people, if this makes people angry, I don't really care. Um, the Diablo franchise fan base, and I'm going to include us in here to to, to mm-hmm. some extent um is the most like if not the most one of the most dumbest fan bases out, out of all the player bases okay like the people who play diablo games are pure idiots once again i'm gonna lump myself in there okay the <laughs> fact that for example in diablo immortal i am considered very good in pvp is atrocious everybody else should be ashamed everybody mm. else should be damn ashamed that i am considered very June, good at pvp is that people are so bad at this game like so bad like inconceivably bad yes and i and it makes sense for diablo immortal right because skill doesn't matter as much when there are whales around and so a lot of the people who care about skill and who care about getting achievements with their skill just don't play the game as they shouldn't because if you want that, you also have to drop thousands of dollars into the game, like many thousands of dollars, or else you're, you're you know you're just at a competitive disadvantage. And why would you do that? Um, so the people who are like are remaining in the game, at least on the PvP side, um, are people who are like generally more okay with inequality and handicaps. Like I like playing games on hard mode. I don't really mind Diablo Immortals PvP because I would select that handicap anyway. Like, you, maybe not to the degree I was like, putting it. Uh, right now, but that like, degree would, is real. Like, it's I mean, real it's true, stuff. But I also have put a lot of money into it to mitigate that, right? And I'm, you know, may put, like, more, uh, but I can kind of control my own experience um, <laughs> at the at the PvP level. But that's me, right? I like playing things on hard mode. Um, so, and I also like playing support. Um, well, okay, yeah, all right, right. So auxiliary. Yeah, right now it is a different. Um, it's it's the best meta a two K crusader has ever been in, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. By, by far, it, like it's a great meta for a two K crusader. Uh, well, it, it's it's like your meta. Um, it's it's the meta of two K crusaders and three K barbs, right? You know, like those are th- those are mm-hmm. big big difference makers. Obviously. I'm not going to talk about the 7K monks. I have a 60% win rate right now in this season. Yeah, it's wonderful. I that. And I'm in the top that. bracket. A lot of it is luck. But also, sure. you know, like, I, I'm not necessarily making a big difference. 
but I'm doing enough small things yeah. that I did less of before. No. It's an 8v8. Yeah. There's only so much you could do. Uh, no, no. That, it, is, it is the best meta um, that it has ever been for you. Uh, so, yeah. You you do get to control a lot. You do get to, you get to control a lot more than any two K should be expected to control, yeah. right? Um, so yes, it is a good meta for you. No, but overall, like, yeah, like, it, it is. It is. And and I'm like I'm like two point five K now. So oh, that also helps. okay. I'm like two point four something K. I don't know. Okay. I think two point four K. Um, and I have enough to be two point five K. I'm just choosing. I have enough to be two point six K right now. I'm just choosing not to do it. Yeah, because again, I'm controlling my my difficulty. <laughs> uh, but that's just me. Uh, okay, so enough about Diablo Four. If you're looking at our streaming plans, we will definitely stream Diablo Four. Um, in fact, when Diablo Four comes out, I think that there will be a bit of a pause on Hearthstone. I don't know um, if I'm going to pause it for a couple weeks or like a month, but there just won't be Hearthstone content. Um, maybe we'll still do the podcast. But I don't think there will be actual gameplay cut because I'll just, I, I need to be playing Diablo 4. Yes, I just... too will be pausing my uh, oh, Hearthstone pausing. content. Pausing the Hearthstone. Uh-huh. I'm pumping out um, so much these days. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. So, yeah. I had an idea that I have since uh, been uh, come to see that it's a crazy idea and I'm not going to do it. But maybe I will. We'll see. But I had a crazy idea. That with the launch of Diablo 4, it'll be about a month into my, my first child's life. Uh, and I'm on paternity leave. So I have all the time in the world minus whatever time this kid is going to demand of me. And I'm, I'm on night duty. So like I'm going to switch my schedule to the night for the, uh, for the period of duration of my paternity leave. Uh, so I'll just be playing a lot of video games, watching a lot of shows or whatever. But I was considering doing a 24-7 for an entire month of just a live stream and put a bet up here and just like broadcast my life um, because I'm not doing anything else and there'll be a lot of Diablo 4 playing anyway and I'll be streaming Diablo 4 anyway at probably like the, the our normal time slash maybe even on the later side um, so I was considering that and I still might do it I don't know um, it'll one will depend on how Bothersome the baby is. Bothersome the baby is. <laughs> okay. Some babies are more bothersome than others. Also, it depends on how good I am at dealing with this baby stuff. Because if I like get really frustrated and like annoyed all the time, then I don't want to stream myself. Right? Well, that like, won't be a problem because you're so even keeled and tempered. Uh, yeah. all the I mean, time. I'm I'm polarized. I'm not bipolar, but I'm polarized. Like there are many things in which I am like. 20 times calmer than uh, most people at, at dealing with. And there are other things that, you know, trigger me really quickly. Um, <laughs> so I don't know where a baby is in that. I've never had a baby. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but if everything's going well, maybe. Or maybe I'll just, like, stream a lot more and not necessarily make it a 24-7 thing and, like, sleep in front of the camera. But I was Googling the rules. You can apparently, like, sleep. There's, like, you could, like, sleep and film yourself sleeping. And that's content and Twitch won't, like, take your stream down or, or like, stop it. Um, so you could just like, like people have done it. They just like go to sleep as long as the camera is aimed at them and you can vaguely see them. So it needs some some kind of dim lighting. Or wait, something. wait. Okay, you're going a lot into this. Like, by the way, guys, I, I, you know, we like legally technically by TOS, I can do sleep. Okay, nobody is asking you if it is possible. Who asked for an out to sleep stream? 
Who the hell asked for this? What? It, it, it's it's not about it's not about who asked for it. Okay, it's about then the stream will just be on, rather than it having to start and stop. Like, why not? Is kind of the question, right? Like, what's the downside of it? Even if no one's watching, you're asking why. You're asking, you know, will you get a viewership of ten or one or a hundred? Like, at what point is it worth the setting up a sleep stream? I'm like, I'm on paternity leave. I have nothing else to do. No, 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 no. Not even, not, not even decide the other people. Why are you doing it? Like, n why not? N n not? No, no, no. This isn't a why not kind of a thing, okay? This isn't one well, where you okay. just... Because I'm, I'm, I'm dealing no, with the, the norm um, is not... Okay, the norm is not streaming yourself sleep. So you don't okay. get to just well, say norm, a why not. <laughs> the norm is also not streaming Diablo 4. Right, well, we're streaming Diablo Four anyway, and if I want to stream Diablo Four for like the entire time that I'm playing it, it's going to be a long time, right? But in the middle of it, I'm going to have to keep inter getting interrupted because the baby's going to need stuff, and I'm on night duty, so I could just like put it all together. Is kind of what I'm thinking, right? And then I don't have to worry about anything, and it's like a weird period of my life anyway, where I didn't like I don't have to go to my day job, um, so I don't know. That's that's what I was thinking. Uh, it, it probably won't happen, but I had given it serious thought and I had done some research. What was your research? On, on the sleeping thing I told you, on whether it's... Uh, oh, I, oh, sorry, sorry. I thought your research was to into, like, child care and everything. No, it was Twitch TOS. Okay, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 gotcha, Twitch gotcha. TOS. Gotcha, okay. The baby doesn't care if you're streaming or not. <laughs> I can no, also keep the baby the... off camera. That's... Like, the camera not... only sees, like, I don't what? know, a third of this room. That's not... Okay. And the baby can't move, so it can't just like get on camera. That, I'm in full control of whether the baby's on once, camera. Once I'm not, this is a... okay. I'm just, I'm just gonna say okay, 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 great, um, okay, great. Oh, and it'll also be kind of a workout stream because I need to lose a lot of weight. How is this a workout? Aren't you sleeping? Wait, what am I missing here? Well, well it's everything. It's 24 hours. So I will be sleeping for, like, whenever I'm sleeping, but I'll also be playing Diablo for whenever I'm doing that. And I'll just be, like, off camera, you know, for what Well, okay, how is you being recorded equal to a workout? I don't, I don't understand. No, no, no. I mean, I'm going to work out, too, in the day, and that'll also be, like, shown. Not like I'm going to guide people through workouts. I just mean that that will... I'm li literally listing out the activities that I will engage in in my 24 hours expected in the month of June. Which is baby care, eating food, which I can eat in front of the TV. It's a mukbang stream too. Um, I didn't know we were announcing a, a dramatic shift from our content into 24-hour live, like... <laughs> Blogs <laughs> of your life. Well, no, 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 but the camera's not moving. That's the thing, right? Like the camera's just gonna just gonna face this room. Like I also looked into moving the camera. That was a little more complicated. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna, you know, want to set that up. Um, but but it would just be this room, and I just will not leave this room pretty much for a month. That's my ideal state, though. Like that's probably what's gonna happen, regardless of whether I'm streaming or not. Are you going to leave for the baby? The baby will be in the room. Maybe in that closet right there. I also looked into how to keep a baby in a closet. Because I don't want, like, the lights to bother it, right? Like, because I don't want to confuse night and day. And I'm going to need... Well, I'm going to want... I'm definitely going to need lights if I'm streaming. But I'm also just kind of want lights, like, just to exist. Um, like, how do you do it? 
You were on night duty. <laughs> I didn't keep my fucking baby in a closet. Step one, okay? Step one. How'd you do the night thing? Like, were, were the lights on? You were in the same room as the baby, right? At night when the baby was sleeping? Like, were your lights off the whole night? Okay. Were your lights on? First of all, like with many things, you want to move past the closet baby thing real fast. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's just, one, it's just an idea. I'm not necessarily going to do it. Two, I Googled yeah. it. It's totally fine. There's no problems with closet baby. It's a walk-in closet. It's not like a, a, guys, it's you a know, it's, small guys, closet. It's a walk-in closet, guys. It's a walk-in closet, guys. There's, vent, there's a vent in there. There it's is a vent. vent. It's, a, it's a ventilated walk-in closet. I don't know. I, I could also put the baby in the other room, right? But the closet's just closer. And, and it's a baby. It was in a womb before. Like, right before. Like, a closet's way bigger than a womb. I, I just don't think babies need as much space as we give them. Like, you swaddle the baby, right? To give it less room? <laughs> yes. 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 Okay, but really, serious question though. Uh, you, I knew you were on night duty and you were like living at the night and sleeping. Yes, you want the lights off and you want there to be white noise if possible, yeah. such yeah. that, um, y- yes, yes. Yeah, okay. So I got the. You, I got you a, want a there. Bassinet with like the white noise machine and we could put it in the closet with the light off. Yes. I would just say It'll be yes. fine. It'll be fine. It could also be in the other room with the light off, right? It'll be the same. I just don't see the point. The baby's not going to know if it's in a large room. The other room's really big. Um, it's like the size of half the, the base of the house. Um, but the baby's not going to care between that and the closet. Why are we putting a baby in the closet? The question is always, why not? Like, people keep asking why. When, when why not is also a question. You go Google putting a baby in a closet, by the way. A lot of people do it. It's not like a weird thing. Or it's not a too weird thing that no one does it. I'm sure most people don't put their babies in closets, but a lot of people do, especially walk-in ventilated closets. Um, okay. Anyway, enough about that. That was my D4 potential streaming plans. But even if we don't do that, and I'm probably not going to do that, uh, I will definitely be streaming D4 a good amount. And it'll probably be in a way to ramp up. Um, actually, I don't know. It depends on how much I play, right? Like, if I play eight hours a day, I'll probably stream four of it, at least. If I play like 12 hours a day, and, and it's not like 12 uninterrupted hours, I'll have to go and take care of the baby in the middle. So it may not be the best streaming content, but Diablo is not the best streaming content anyway. It's just like a long hangout. And uh, you guys will be my only friends uh, because I won't leave the house, like in that, like, you know, in terms of people who I talk to. Like, I talk to you guys, like, just through the stream. If anyone calls me, I'll be like, hey, man, just like, just like type on Twitch chat. I'm here. Anyway, um, that's Diablo 4, and a little bit of my personal life. Uh, what about what about your personal life? How's uh, how's your how's your baby doing? How's your life? When when is Arena Coop coming back? People are talking about Diablo 4 content. When's Hearthstone content coming back? Hearthstone content is not coming back for a little bit. I am dead tired, but Julian is great. That's the update. Uh, I, I I will give. All right, Julian is fantastic. Super cute. I'm actually going to show him off in a minute once we end this. So that will be that will be the quick and dirty update. All right. All right.
Okay. All right. That's it for the podcast. We're wrapping up. Oh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Best picture or no best picture? It's happening in like a couple hours. I'll say yes. I have no idea. I don't really care about the say yes? I was saying no until I saw that the odds this morning had gone up from an 8-1 to one favorite to a 20-1 to one favorite. Insiders clearly not. This is clearly an insider job on the betting market to this point. So I think some people somewhere know and are trying to make some money on this. And so I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go with they are they are going to win. All right. Sounds good. that'll be really weird because it will be a butt plug movie that wins an Oscar for Best Picture. All right. New world. All right. That's it for us. We'll see you next week. Until then, this is Abukta. This is Murps. Goodbye. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.